Hello, and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. As Catholics, we often hear of grace-filled moments or that by God's grace, we were able to do something. The word grace is used so often that we sometimes don't realize what it actually means in practice. On this episode, Andrew and I try to unpack and illustrate what grace really looks like. We share some examples that we hope you can relate to and try to make a sometimes vague concept, well, slightly less vague. Happy New Year, and may it be filled with grace. It's 2022. We've entered our third calendar year of, of podcasting, um, which is which is cool to say. Not that we've actually completed three years or anything, but we are in our third calendar year. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. But um, how did you spend your... Accountant your... Jason, back at it again. <laughs> <laughs> all the numbers. All, all numbers are, are important and you got to keep track of everything. How was your holiday break? It was good. It was very restful. I didn't think about work at all. Didn't set an alarm. Like just <laughs> literally just slept... Lost all um, discipline. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and then learned how to make a couple of dishes. I was just talking, sharing with you that I found a, a fun little channel on YouTube um, that makes Cantonese food, and, and um, it's called Made with Lao. Um, we're not wow, that, that YouTube channel, I'm sure they're really happy to get the uh, road from a yeah. from there. <laughs> yep, they're going to have a massive uh, bump up in subscriptions now. If you if you don't mind uh, returning the favor, that would be, be awesome. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, might as well. Why not? Right. From um, but yeah, so uh, so so checked them out and uh, made a couple dish or made a dish in there. It was actually really really good. Um, but yeah, just uh, and also discovered how easy it is to make eggs Benedict. So basically, just cooked and slept. That was <laughs> that was my break. That's pretty solid. I, uh, I I I think most of us probably had a pretty tame Christmas holiday break. Yeah. Um, I did too. I actually had a couple COVID scares. Uh, one of them, my uh, some my friend from from Vancouver, he was visiting. And I basically canceled all my other plans just because of all the Omicron stuff going on. But mm-hmm. I guess given the circumstance of my friend visiting from Vancouver and flying in, um, I, I didn't cancel on him. And he, he, I had dinner with him, with my girlfriend as well. Um, and then he actually slept over for a night. And then um, like the day after, he messaged me, messages me and he's like, hey, bad news. Uh, it turns out I tested positive on a rapid test. <laughs> and I thought for sure I would get COVID, uh, just given the proximity, given that we shared a meal together and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But somehow, neither my girlfriend or I, neither Jen or I tested positive. We both tested negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we still isolated just, just to be safe um, in case mm-hmm. there was a false negative, in case we took the test too early or, or something. Um, so that was, it was a little bit stressful for like a day or so, uh, a day or two. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was good just to relax, you know, see, see close and loved ones over the Christmas, um, yeah. the, the Christmas days. And, um, yeah, I, I don't remember doing too much other than I, because of the whole isolation period, like I think my girlfriend and I powered through, like, I want to say six movies, which is like not something we normally do, but there was a lot of time, so we had to fill that time. I watched Spider Man last night, actually. I saw um, on Cherry's Instagram. How'd you like it? No, yeah. no spoilers really here for uh, for the listening. No spoilers, people. no spoilers. Yeah, um, but it was really good. Uh, the only thing I'll say is like, make sure, um, like, make sure you know you're like like a Spider Man like cin- cinem. There's a word here. 
like history of cinema, I guess. Sure. Cinematography. Um, uh, going in, but it's uh, it was a lot of fun. They had they had fun with the movie, so I enjoyed it. But I guess MCU always does. So yeah, I I, I loved it. I I thought it was a really great movie. Did you have um distance seating or anything in your in your? Yeah. Theater? So the the theater the, there's a theater across the street from me, and they yeah. um they have like a one seat uh, social distance between people. Okay. Okay. I uh so Cineplex um is is where Jen and I watched it and. Um, not to get too much into it, but the, the day that we wanted to watch it essentially was basically a couple days after Cineplex announced new guidelines saying like, okay, we will do social distancing. We'll like put people mm-hmm. in new theaters or whatever, uh, to help with that. But we bought our tickets like pretty early on. And so because we bought our tickets before they made that announcement, like we were basically, we, we didn't get social distancing and we were sitting like shoulder to shoulder with people and like with strangers. So I was kind of like a little bit stressed during the movie, but like, Mm. ultimately it was a it was a really good movie and at least there was that so yeah 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 no it's um the one that's next to us it's imagine cinemas and you have like reserve seating and everything um and they do have the distancing so it was, it was good but yeah it was a really enjoyable movie go ahead and go ahead and check it out if you want yeah. a, a a real review then uh, go check out uh father eric ma uh Captain yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah he did he did release a really good review um so yeah i mean i i guess we'll kind of go into our podcast here today and um, you know, we want to go back to a lot of what we've been discussing kind of over the course of our, our, our podcast over the past couple of years, uh, which is definitely relating to interior life, relating to prayer life. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you want to um, add a little bit on to the context of how this came up for you. But, you know, like over the last couple of years, we've spent so much time discussing those two things, right, with interior life and prayer life. You know, we've had a few episodes um, just recently, like a month ago in November, we had our changes in prayer life episode where you talked mm-hmm. about like, you know, adapting through different life stages. Now you're married. And so how has that affected your prayer life of like your prayer routines and how have you incorporated mm-hmm. cherry into those things? Right. And we talked so much about praying and, and those kinds of routines. We talked about, you know, true presence, the Eucharist, um, in October, we talked about it in April too, in terms of the source and the summit, those two episodes, just believing and being in front of the Eucharist and kind of trying to draw uh draw grace which is kind of what we're talking about today we're trying to draw grace from the presence of jesus being in front of us whether uh, it's at mass whether it's um, during adoration however you want to you want to see that i guess Um, and then we talked about like understanding the interior life that was back in march right we talked about um you know like what the interior life actually is about like what what is the definition of that um how do we kind of practice the interior life um and i i think we actually had yeah uh, i don't remember when it was but we had an episode called the primacy of grace so we talked about like Mm -hmm. how grace comes from god god is the initiator of all um good things and 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 how everything is the uh it, it comes from god initially and that was kind of redundant but the 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 whole point of this, I think what we want to get at today is, well, what does that actually look like, right? Like, how does all of that manifest itself? Um, almost, you know, when, how can we, can we talk about prayer life and interior life in, in, in kind of a tangible way in terms of what we receive, right? So um, that's kind of, I, I just kind of wanted to set it up that way, um, just to kind of share, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're trying to go for, right? Like, we've talked so much about almost like the journey, and not that this is the end of the journey, not even close, but it's kind of like along the journey, are we going to actually, quote unquote, receive anything, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. how, did, how did this come up for you um, in, in your life? You know, 
It's actually, um, I, I don't know that there's anything in particular that happened that made me think about this, but more so when I was thinking about, you know, what what is there that we can share? Um, and, and I guess like part of it has to do with the Christmas season, I would say, um, you know, just given the time, it, it's, a, it's a time of reflection. It's a time of um, kind of particularly focusing on Christ coming into the world, um, which really is a good parallel to grace in, in the sense of um, divinity coming and touching our lives, right? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's more so just by, by nature of, uh, just reflecting on what, what we could share about, I started thinking, you know what, like what isn't talked about enough in my opinion is grace. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in the sense of what is grace, how do we know when we receive it? How do we recognize it in our lives? What do we do about it? Um, these are, these are questions that don't always get answered. Oftentimes we, we will hear different people. So like, Let's say you go to any Catholic conference retreat, you will invariably hear at least one of the keynote speakers say, and this was an, yeah. a, a grace-filled moment for me. There was so much grace in that moment. You know, I, I, I've lived a life that was just like, you know, lots of grace has come into my life. Or even like when we say the Hail Mary, Hail Mary full of grace, like what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that doesn't get unpacked often enough. We talk a lot, a lot, a lot about how do you pray properly, you know, works of mercy, T.O.B., like all these topics, but what is grace, you know? And, and, and it's so interesting because it's, it's critical to our faith, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of the intersection between our lives and God, right? This is how God acts in our lives. When we, you and I talk about it every now and again, we'll talk about how, you know, um, the, the Catholic thing, like living the Catholic life is participating in our salvation. Well, participation kind of implies in a sense a cooperation right so we all know what our operation looks like we all know what our piece of the puzzle looks like what's the other half you know Mm -hmm. and part of why i think this is so important is because i think it's this is the piece that if we don't know how to recognize it it can seem like we're doing all the things for nothing Mm -hmm. you know it can feel like i'm praying all the time and like so what you know, why do I go to Mass every Sunday when someone else does X, Y, Z thing? What's actually different in my life? And sometimes it's not obvious the way that we look at our lives. And that's why I think it's an important thing to look at. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's also really relevant if we tie it into the whole Advent and Christmas season of mm-hmm. like, you know, there's so the whole point of Advent is understanding the theme of waiting, right? The, the journey of yeah. waiting for Christ. And, you know, when Christmas comes, obviously we celebrate his birth. We remember his birth and the joyous occasion that that is, um, the joyous mystery that that is. But also um, it's a reminder to us that Jesus is coming again, right? And, and our journey on this earth through this Valley of Tears is uh, kind of our own kind of Advent, right? Mm-hmm. Our own kind of advent where we're waiting for Jesus to come again to to save us, to bring us um, from this earth to his heavenly kingdom. And um, I say that because, you know, you brought up uh, you brought up how sometimes we can feel like we're just we just keep waiting. We're just going to mass every Sunday. What are we actually waiting for? Like what's what's actually going to be coming? Well, Jesus is coming. Right. And, and but uh, along the way. Jesus has already revealed himself to you through these uh, various moments of grace. And I think that's kind of what we want to get into um, during this episode. You know, maybe we'll, we'll kind of, it, it might just come through some sharings of our own experiences. It might just come through, you know, our discussion. But there are moments um, of grace that, you know, God is revealing himself to you. Um, and it's just up to you to kind of 
understand and know up to all of us to understand and know you know how to recognize it when to recognize it um and i think really just to put yourself in a mental and spiritual state so that you can you know be be open to to recognizing those moments of grace um, yeah, and so, totally. Yeah. Did you want to add anything? or I was just going to say that I think a really good way for us to start this conversation is to, to define grace. Yeah. Um, so I actually went and I found, um, there's just a, a line from the Catechism. Um, it's um, line or paragraph 1996. Um, so it says in here that grace, our justification from the grace of God, but it says grace is a favor, the free and undeserved help that God gives us to respond to his call to become children of God, mm. adoptive sons, partakers in the divine nature and of eternal life. So if I were to summarize that, it's really saying grace is something that is not earned, it's given, so that we can participate in, again, our salvation. We can participate in, and the way they talk about salvation here, is the divine nature of and of eternal life, divine nature and eternal life. Um, so... I think if we unpack this a little bit, um, it's really important that we understand the first part, that it's free and undeserved. I think it's very, very important. Um, the reason why I think it's a really good place to start is that I think oftentimes when we look at our lives, when we assess things that are happening in our lives, right? In the Catholic sense, we would do this through what's called an examined prayer. But realistically, whether you do a formal examine or not, all of us do some level of assessment of our lives we often look at the justifications of things, right? We look at, um, you know, like Christmas is a really great example in terms of the way that um, the way that it's been twisted, I guess, recently, right? Where it's, if I've been good, Santa will give me presents. Right. Right? That's such a, if you think about the theme of Christmas and, and what we've just talked about, the anticipation of Jesus coming, it's such a twisted way to look at the same thing where, yes, we're looking forward to what we receive in Christmas, but it's not because we were good that we get it. Mm-hmm. It's just because God wants to give it to us. So that's such an important part that we kind of take that out of the equation. We don't look at what happened because I was good, yep. you know, or what happened because I wasn't good. Um, and then the second half, which is also very important, is why we receive grace, which also gives a lot of hints as to where grace is in our lives, right? We receive grace so that we can advance ourselves in the spiritual life, advance ourselves, or be advanced, I should say, even, um, towards God, towards our salvation. Um, And so the more you learn about what that means, and this is what we talk about all the time in terms of what the interior life looks like, the more you can see, okay, well, what happened in my life, deserved or undeserved, but probably undeserved, that helped me move towards this direction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I liked what you said about the whole first part of, um, it's almost like an if-then statement. Like a lot of things mm-hmm. in our life, we, we kind of tie it to like, oh, if we do something, then this will this will happen, right? Um, yeah. But it's not, it's not a science and it's not a formula when it comes to, you know, what grace actually looks like or, you know, how we receive grace, right? Um, it, it, it's I think because you I, I like that you brought up the whole deserved and undeserved thing frankly I like all 
all grace that we that we receive is is undeserved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, because it's undeserved, there can't be any kind of if then statement um, to to cause something to happen. It's it's. I guess if I were to try to phrase it into an if then statement, it would be if God loves me, then uh, I can receive grace. And yes, exactly. That's, that's basically it. So that's yeah. basically it. God does love you, and God will give you grace, right? Um, yeah. Now, I guess kind of an example as I was kind of prepping for this uh, that I thought of was the rosary. So for those of us who are familiar with um, the rosary on, you know, I guess kind of a bit more of the background, um, there's the 15 promises of Mary for those who pray the rosary. And, you know, I'm not going into all of those, but uh, you can easily Google those. There are, there are infographics, there's websites, um, but just really quickly, like some of the promises from the Virgin Mary to those who pray the rosary every single day um it's just like you know uh you'll the, the first one that 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 is cites is that it says you'll receive signal graces right it's like right there is saying that you will receive graces from praying the rosary um mary also promises your special protection and again the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary um, the rosary will be a powerful armor against hell it will destroy vice decrease sin and defeat heresy so you know that's just the first three um but there's 15 of these kinds of promises and the whole point of why I'm bringing this up is because, you know, it's kind of like, okay, if we pray the rosary, then we will receive all of these graces from Mary, mm-hmm. um, through Mary. And uh, I think that that's kind of an if-then statement, but also at the same time, it can be difficult for us, from, again, in a, in a more tangible way to be like, well, what does that actually look like, right? If I were to cherry pick, uh, again, the rosary shall be a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. And it's kind of like, well, you know, it, does that mean if I start praying the rosary every day... Like, can I actually visually see, you know, these sins of mine, pride, uh, lust, greed, whatever, gluttony, can I see those like physically being destroyed in front of me? I mean, maybe not like in a dramatic graphic way, but at the same time, if you, if you are praying the rosary and you find it easy, uh, you know, easier and easier for you to, uh, defeat temptation or to stay away from sin, that in itself, I think is, is actually one of these examples of, of showing grace of grace being shown to you rather. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, from my own personal experience, right? Like the rosary has always been a great weapon, uh, to, to defend yourself, uh, against, against, you know, any kind of sin. But for me, like, you know, being chased and remaining chased, like that has been, that has always been great for me. So, um, you know, for that's my own kind of one experience of, 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 you know, receiving grace. And I'm sure you have your own as well. Yeah, lots. And I think like one thing I want to clarify here, because it, it might sound a little bit like we're flip-flopping. So I think the, the, the piece to clarify is that the if-then isn't necessarily something you want to be avoiding looking for. It's mm-hmm. more so to re- remove the, the concept of whether or not I've earned or whether or not, yeah. whether or not I deserve X. X grace, right? So in this sense, like what's promised to us in terms of grace is there are circumstances that we know we receive grace. So for example, receiving the Eucharist, you know there is grace there. You know, otherwise, like, what's the point in a sense? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just a piece of bread. You know, there there is grace received there. So there are circumstances where, you know, if I do this, I will receive grace. But the point is, will I deserve that grace or not? You know, and the answer is 90% going to be no, you know, or mm. 99% going to be no. You know, it's not like by praying the rosary, like, I've done God a favor, and he needs to repay me now right. by giving me grace. You know, like that that's the part to take out, right? Is like I'm not earning things by doing this. I'm doing this because I want grace. You know, there's there's a difference. Um in terms of looking into our lives to receive to 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 identify grace, I think um 
I, I one of the things I want to say is not to look for things that are too romantic. Mm. I think that's one of the tips I would give because what's actually been really interesting for me is that ever since I started, you know, my time with it, with my spiritual director, more intentionally looking at let's say um, my life and my spiritual life, it became clear that you know. I had a particular, um, I, I'm blessed in a way to be able to look back on my life and actually recognize graces, to look back and say, wow, you know, this is something, this is a circumstance where I was able to react in X way, where I wouldn't have been like that, you know, six months ago, mm-hmm. what a grace, mm-hmm. you know, and, and these are little examples, but very often, like, they're not big things. It's not like I was crossing the street and all of a sudden, like, the stigmata came on my hands. The stigmata, if you aren't familiar, are, like, seeing the wounds of Christ manifest himself in your body, you know, uh, as, a, as a kind of romantic experience. I think one of the, one of the mistakes that happens is that people expect um, that, you know, when you go to Mass, the heavens open up. Um, and if they don't, then, like, you're not getting it. Or, you know, uh, when I go to, when I go to a retreat, I'm going to come out a holier man. Like, yeah, you kind of should, but that's not the point in a sense. It's not to see yourself with a halo. Um, it's not like you're going to come out as Mother Teresa necessarily. So Mm -hmm. to not look for those grand kind of things, but more so to look for the small ones. Um, and some really, really great hints that God gives us are peace and joy. Where there's peace and where there's joy, God is there. And those are the things that we can follow to see where is there grace in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I had a particular conversation with a friend where it was just there was something about that conversation that dwelled nicely or this comment that so-and-so made to me that just really rest like it wasn't a special comment. Maybe it was just like the way that person said Merry Christmas to me and just I could tell that they meant it you know, and how that touched me. Like, these are all moments that we can easily kind of overlook because they're not the dramatic romantic things, but those are graces, right? So I would say, you know, look for the grace in the ordinary, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 30 years of Jesus' life was spent in Nazareth, right, with with uh, Mary and Joseph. You know, the things that would have happened the, in the family moments there, like that's that's really what we want to be looking for in terms of looking for grace in our life, I think. I It's great that you brought up the whole feeling of peace and joy because I think that, is, that has always been a really big indicator of, you know, those moments of grace, um, definitely in my life. Um, you know, just, again, just drawing on some, I guess, more general examples of like, you know, going to Mass or maybe uh, going to adoration um, and being in front of the Eucharist or being in communion with Jesus and, and you know, receiving that sacrament and, you know, just actually feeling like, you know, whatever has been worrying me or whatever has been making me anxious, um, like, just wash away. Not, not that it's necessarily been solved, but it feels like, you know, it, it almost feels like, you know, Jesus is saying to me, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of you. I'm, I'm helping you take care of this. Offer it up to me and, and I'll carry your cross with you. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I, I describe it now, I guess, for the purposes of this podcast. And I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that that's how it went. Like, I didn't hear this, you know, booming voice in my mind mm-hmm. saying those things. But it was a feeling of that just uh, just peace, I, I think, just knowing that, you know, Jesus has taken this. Um, God has taken this. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, might respond to that and just be like, you know, when I'm praying, I just I don't hear anything. I don't I don't mm. feel anything like 
like what am I exactly supposed to be looking for, right? And do, right. do you have any kind of, of answer to that kind of question? Yeah. So I think I, I think first of all, I think it's a great question to have. Um, and I just want to affirm, like anyone who's gone through that, like you're you're going through like the right things. Um, if you haven't, then like you're probably a little deluded, you know, honestly. <laughs> so I think it's it's really good that like you go through those moments where it's like particularly dry, and you're like, you know, what happens when you know whoever what what happens when priests pray you know like do do different things happen for them compared to what happens for me um and th- there's a couple like really really i think tangible answers we can give here so we know that when we pray um that the grace is going to be given to us what we don't know is whether or not we're able to receive that grace right so that's a really important piece of the puzzle is how open are we to receive grace is really going to affect how these kind of situations go so a really great example uh, a really great analogy that was given in one of Bishop Barron's talks was uh, talking about a, a helicopter trying to land. And that's kind of what the spiritual life is, where God and grace, in, in essence, is the pilot of the helicopter trying to land. And our landing zone is just cluttered by sin, hmm. you know. And nine times out of ten, that's what's going on. It's that you have too much sin cluttering the space, so you can't receive grace, you know. Um there are times when I go to Mass and I feel particularly common, and there are times when I go to Mass where I don't. Um, and usually I can I can look back and see, okay, I was distracted at Mass. You know, I wasn't particularly paying attention. So I was physically present, but I, I Andrew, wasn't really present. Or I, I was in a state of sin. So there was a, you know, a known blocker for me to receive grace um, that, that was you know, uh, affecting the situation. So to, to kind of have that rational thought in those moments to be like, okay, I'm not receiving grace right now. Let me tick off the boxes. Am I in a state of sin? If so, let me go to confession. Let's see if that changes things. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, not every style of prayer is right for everyone at every time. So this is also really important, you know. Um, for example, there are some people, uh, you think of, you know, I don't know why I'm thinking this, but like old Italian women, it's like the stereotype that like they're always in the churches praying the novenas, <laughs> you know? Um, and if that works for them, beautiful. It doesn't have to work for everyone, you know? Um, you might have a friend who says like, oh my gosh, Jason, like I just started praying Liturgy of the Hours, Divine Office. This was me like a year ago to you, right? Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's so beautiful, so wonderful. Could be for me, might not be for you. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is if I'm in a state of grace, so if I'm not in a state of sin and I'm praying and I don't feel anything, okay, let me keep praying, but I can do different forms of prayer. You know, if I, if um, praying the rosary didn't work for me today, fine, let me pray the examine. Praying the examine didn't work, okay, let me pray over liturgy, Lectio Divina. That didn't work, okay, let me, let me try different forms of prayer to see kind of in this moment what makes sense. And that kind of goes back to the changes in prayer life that we talked about earlier, right, mm-hmm. um, in, uh, in November. Where for me, it was going to daily mass, worked for a while. Now it doesn't make sense anymore in the same way. So it has to be something different. That's not good or bad. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So I think those two paired up will help you bring yourself to a point where you you start to look back. And then, I'm sorry, the the final thing is to actually keep track of what's happening. You know, not to just say, well, that didn't work. So that's out the window. No, it's important to know at the same time, even though you didn't necessarily feel things in the way that you thought you should have to keep a record of it and keep track of what's happening because guaranteed there are things happening that you didn't expect. And if you keep track, 
the really cool thing, especially when we look at grace, is that God works in patterns. Mm-hmm. And God works in a different pattern for me than he works in for you. And you don't notice patterns unless you actually keep track of things, right? Otherwise, you look at everything isolated. And it's like, well, this isn't going anywhere. Well, yeah, if you don't if you don't keep track of where things are, then yeah, they're individual points on a map. But then you start mapping them together like, whoa, like this might be windy, but I'm actually going somewhere. And then you start to see what's actually going on. So it's really, really important also to keep track of things. And I think this is uh, relating to one of the tangents that you wrote in our notes, actually, to say, what's the difference between coincidence and grace from God? Um, you know, how do you tell between something just good that's happened in your life and an actual mm-hmm. grace? And the short answer is not to think about it too much. Just, this was interesting. I don't know if it was a grace or not. Let me keep track of it and see if this develops into a pattern. If it does, then you can probably say, yeah, this is leading me somewhere. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. then like, wonderful. That was a good thing that happened in my life. I can I can keep going, you know, but not to overthink it. Keep track and Really, the best or the easiest way I've found to see grace is in hindsight to look back at my life and be like, whoa, these last four months have been a bit of a roller coaster, but like I'm actually going somewhere. Thank you, God. And I think that whole process of keeping track and looking back and, and you know, you know, noting down all of these things, you know, whether it's done through a journal um, or whether it's done through something we've mentioned many times before, that being the examine, right? Like that's why it's important. That's why we encourage, that's why our spiritual directors encourage um, all of us to do an examine every night, right? Because our, our days are so busy, you know, maybe you don't get to do a daily examine, but like maybe a weekly examine, which is kind of what I've kind of drifted towards doing, uh, you know, having some kind of personal prayer time slash examine a couple times a week, if not every day. Um, it's not too long or anything, but like doing that helps me, you know, again, look back and recognize those moments that maybe would have slipped out of mind out of my mind because Mm -hmm. I'm busy with work. I'm busy playing games. I'm busy following sports or whatever it is. Um, There's so much stimulus that's going on. It's very easy for me to, uh, to uh, forget that like, Hey, that stranger that I met, um, you know, just having a quick conversation with them and that conversation, giving me a small feeling of peace, right? That was, that was a moment of grace. And um, Mm -hmm. I think doing that process of keeping track is very important because otherwise you know, you will lose, uh, lose your way. Um, you know, even though God has set out the way for you, um, you, you look back and you don't see anything because so much has happened. Um, and I think on that front, like you brought up so many different, you know, types and forms of prayer. I would almost also expand that to God works in so many different ways that grace can present itself in all like a million different ways. Right. So I've mm-hmm. already talked about the Eucharist. Uh, we just mentioned the exam and you talked about Lectio Divina. Grace, Lectio Divina is praying with the Word of God. It is the Word of God, inspired, divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, grace will present itself through the Bible, right? Um, you know, if that's something that works for you, it, it, it's been tougher for me. I, I just I finally finished the Bible in a Year podcast um, as of December thirty first, obviously, and there have been moments uh, as you know while listening to that podcast where I was like, hey, I didn't know this. Uh, Bible of the sorry this book of the Bible but there was a lot of really good stuff in here who knew um, mm. and you know through that and and through you know Father Mike's reflections and 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 uh, I guess commentary afterwards um, you know there were definitely a few moments where I felt hey God like you're speaking to me here 
Um, now I'm not someone who's as connected with the word, but like my dad, who I like, I'm pretty sure he does readings every single day. Like I know that he's someone who's really connected with the word, and I see it in the way that like he basically like writes his own commentaries and homilies. Um, and sometimes I have to like read those things, but I see it in the way he 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 writes, right? Um, I see it in the way he talks about it, how passionate he is, how really inspired by the Holy Spirit he is, and all of those things are moments of grace for him, right? So mm-hmm. that's graces with the Word of God, and I think you know just another easy example is just graces with uh, again both of us mentioned it, I think, but in your relationships, right, in your encounters and interactions with other people. God is using other people in your life to speak to you, to reach you, right? Like how many times have I probably like just to pick on Jen, like I've probably run things by her. um, And sometimes she'll tell me that like, hey, it's a bad idea. And, you know, who knows? God could be working through her in in that moment Mm -hmm. saying like, hey, like, you know, maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe it could be something that leads you to sin. And using Jen, he he led me away from it. Um, Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's positive affirmation, you know, like just using, again, someone in my life just telling me, hey, like, you know, you're a good person, or I really appreciated that you did that you did this and this. And um, through that kind of reinforcement of God using that person, um, God is bringing me closer to him, God is bringing me closer to to virtue, right? So, um, you know, all of these different ways in which, um, I guess, God reveals himself through grace, I think is, again, the takeaway is just, uh, I guess, be open and actually be on the lookout for them, right? Don't just let them pass you by. Yeah, totally. And I think like, it's, um, we talked about all this stuff in terms of how to recognize grace, but I can I think maybe one one um, way for us to tie this off a little bit is kind of what's the point? Um, what's the point of recognizing grace? Why is it so important that we understand grace? And what's the point of us actually doing all these examines, journaling, all these like extra activities to understand in retrospect, not even in the moment, in retrospect, what grace is? So I just want to read again the definition of grace and then kind of dive into that a little bit. So grace is favor. The free and undeserved help that God gives us to respond to his call to become children of God, adoptive sons, partakers of the divine nature and of eternal life. So I think the reason why it's so important to understand grace and to to look back even in retrospect is two things. One is that grace is kind of our true north that helps us find our way to God. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know kind of in a grand perspective, the end goal. We all know in a grand perspective that we're going to heaven. We don't always know the immediate steps to get there. You know, oftentimes if any, if anyone listening is like me, you get kind of confused in the moment. Like I'm not really sure what God wants me to do right now. I'm not really sure what God wants with my life. I'm not really sure what all this is for. Grace is kind of like that Hansel and Gretel trail of rocks that show us you know, where are we going to, Where what's actually going on, where are the indications in terms of what areas of my life are filled with grace, because those are the areas of life that God is inviting me to dive into more, right? So that's number one. It's like these are the hints that actually help us to grow in the interior life that, that you and I talk about so much, to grow in the spiritual life, to do the Catholic thing, to become saints. The second is that Eventually, we want to actually get to the point where we can recognize grace in the moment. Um, people have, defi- have have talked about the saints in terms of the way that the saints live their lives, where they live in a way where um, grace and God are so integral in their life that it's just always there. You're, they're never specifically looking for it. They're never specifically recognizing it, but they always know it's there. 
You know, they always know that their life is filled with grace. And that's where we want to get to, where just in our lives, we recognize grace. But the reality is that we need practice. We need mm-hmm. practice to recognize grace. There, um, There is, I think I've talked about this before, there's a spiritual side of the soul that needs to be kind of exercised in order for us to recognize this. And that's what looking in retrospect is doing. It's giving us kind of the time to scrub away the dirt, to remove the distractions, to just focus in on the parts that we want to see, look for, in a sense, uh, the grace in our lives so that we understand, again, God works in patterns. What is God's pattern in my life so that in the future, I might recognize a little bit more quickly. I might respond to his grace more quickly. And then going back to this definition, I might respond to his call more quickly. So I think those are those are the reasons why it's so important to think about and understand grace, in my perspective at least, is because this gives us the hints and also helps us to recognize them more quickly as we kind of keep going on this on this trek and then on this journey. Yeah, and for sure. And so something that I I think is very relevant for this is like the whole idea of just aligning yourself with the will of the Father, right? And that's that's a whole other kind of task in and of itself is you know, a lot of the a lot of the time we struggle with um, you know, I guess wanting to do the, the, the will of the Lord, um, you know, staying away from sin, like all of us, all of us um, as fallen beings, we have that concupiscence, we have that inclination towards sin. And, you know, whether like I listed off a bunch of um, deadly sins earlier, but whether it's greed, whether it's it's gluttony or, or pride, there's always going to be something that will tempt us away from God. Um, but I think the point is like, you know, do your best to uh, on a day to day, moment to moment basis just look at what you, what it is that you're doing or what it is that you're thinking or saying and being like, hey, is this representative of what God wants for me? And I bring this up because if you, the more aligned you are with God and, and the will of God, I just feel like it'll be easier for you to recognize and receive graces, right? Like if you're, you know, really clouded um, in a state of sin, you haven't been to confession for a long time, um, it's it'll just be difficult right it'll be harder for you to see those moments that god is trying to reach you actually you already kind of touched on this with your analogy earlier of um you know god being the the pilot and trying to land his helicopter but he can't because your whole space is is cluttered and filled with all this Mm -hmm. all these objects that represent sin same thing here right like it'll it'll be a lot harder for you to recognize when god is trying to speak to you if you kind of put on those earplugs and earmuffs of sin i guess um mm. and 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 you don't allow god in yeah 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 i think like you know all of these kind of tie together and and really bring us to the point where we're able to say okay like here are the tools in our tool belt you know what am i going to really do about it now um and I think the, the short answer is you probably don't need to do anything drastically different today. Um, but just start trying to pay attention to the moments of the peace and the joy. That's really it. You know, whether you look for it in the moment, whether you look for it in the past, totally fine. But understand that these moments, wherever there is peace and joy, right, um, that, that is grace. That's what people are talking about. When, when you go to those conferences, when you go to those talks, when you hear people talk about you know, by the grace of God, you know, God willing, you know, all these different, you know, phrases and terms you hear Catholic speakers throw around, that's it. Mm-hmm. And and if anything, the big thing that we really want to debunk here is that it always has to be the heavens opening up. No, mm-hmm. you are receiving it today. Guaranteed. You just don't see it. Or maybe you do. And if you do, then keep doing it. And if you don't, try out some of these tips Try and see over the course and give yourself time. Be patient with with yourself 
over the next few months, can you find that pattern where God is acting in your life? And then can you follow the breadcrumbs? And then hopefully that'll help. There is one more thing that I want to kind of bring up uh, almost as a a related tangent. um, And that being kind of the whole idea of, is this a sign from God or like waiting for signs from God? And yes, the whole point of, you know, a lot of what we just talked about is God is signaling things to you, right? Moments of grace is God signaling um, himself to you or revealing himself to you. So kind of like, yeah, those signs from God do exist. But at the same time, I think it's also important if you're someone who is like, oh, I'm going to wait for a sign from God. Like, don't fall into the trap of just constantly waiting for signs from God. Um, This kind of also ties into the idea of like, you know, being able to properly recognize when God is speaking to you. Um, because there could be a lot of different moments where God is speaking to you. And, you know, if you have tunnel vision and you don't allow yourself to, uh, we talked about all the different ways that God could be, um, you know, giving grace to you um, and all the different ways that you need to open yourself up to receive it. Um, If you have that tunnel vision and you're just constantly waiting for a sign, you know, that kind of is another way that you could be blocking God from speaking to you, right? And, you know, sometimes sometimes you just need to actually make that decision, right? Obviously, you know, getting it, uh, talking from a really logistical perspective, like you need to gather all the facts, you need to gather all the data, um, but also pray about it. Pray about it and, you know, don't fall into the trap of just constantly waiting for a sign or constantly, really what it is, is constantly uh, waiting to be told what to do by God. God also wants you to make a decision. God gave all of us free will. God gave us gave all of us uh, an intellect, right? And that those are the two tools that we need to make that decision. So, you know, um, I think ultimately that's just, a, again, it's a tangent, um, but at the same time, a little bit related of, you know, don't, don't fall into that trap of, of waiting too long. That, that's exactly, that's a great, that's a great way for us to end this off. And, and if I were to summarize what you were saying, it's really to say that discernment is not a passive activity. It's active, mm-hmm. right? Discerning God's will is active. If you are passive, then you're not discerning. You're just being lazy, right? It's really what it is. So um, that's not to say you can't have silence, but being present in the silence and in prayer is an active thing, right? And then proper discernment is to try things and see if it's helping, and if your stopping and praying isn't helping, then you need to do something else to discern. Yep. Yep. So so hopefully, you know, our past 40, 45 minutes um, have been a little bit helpful, at least, to um, kind of uh, take away uh, some of the vagueness that surrounds the idea of grace, right? Like, you know, when we say that, you know, we've received grace, hopefully you are able to say that now, understanding it a bit more. Um, but if anything, it's like, like Andrew said, like it takes time, it takes practice, it takes routine and exercise, right? And so, you know, I, I don't think it would be reasonable if you're still a little bit confused or a little bit blurry to suddenly understand what, you know, tangibly what grace means. But I think maybe going forward, it's like opening yourself up to try to recognize in all the different ways um, that God is revealing himself to you. And really what Andrew said off the top, you know, don't necessarily look for it in the huge big moments. It's it's always going to come in the small moments, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And th- those are the ones that we should be paying attention to. Those are the ones that we should be noting down and tracking. Um, and over time, you'll see the pattern that God is trying to speak to you through. So um, hopefully this has been educational. Hopefully this has been helpful. Um, and that's, that's it for now. And we wish you guys, um, ho- hopefully you have a really good 2022. Stay safe, be healthy, um, and you'll hear from us next time. Happy New Year, everyone.